to episode 179 of The Digital Life, a show about our insights into the future of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Niemeyer. Greetings, listeners. For the podcast this week, uh, we'll discuss the distributed denial of service attack that took out the internet on the East Coast of the United States on uh, this, this past Friday. The attack was aimed at DIN, uh, which is an internet infrastructure company, uh, which is actually in New England. It's in New Hampshire, and they offer DNS services or domain name uh, services. And so there were these multiple waves of attacks on their internet directory servers, just this deluge of uh, malicious requests, and it, it totally disrupted uh, their DNS servers and, and you know, equivalently took out... Uh, the internet for, for a little while. What I think is interesting about this particular attack, uh, aside from the fact that, you know, it shut down the internet for, for a large number of people on the East Coast, is that it was propagated by this internet of things, this IoT botnet. So essentially things like your webcam, your DVR, your, your router, uh, you know, those can be... Uh, um, altered with malicious code malware, right? We all hear about malware. And, um, you know, so, so it was this botnet that, that was actually attacking DIN, sending all these malicious requests. And I, I thought this was a very public example of an, an IoT outcome that is, you know, just patently malicious rather than beneficial. So we hear a little bit about you know the security issues with the Internet of Things. It's becoming a growing concern, but we also hear about how miraculous uh, the IoT is is going to be once everything is wired up, right? Yeah. Um, but this is an interesting case study because this is an emerging technology, uh, and and right now one of the most public uh, uh, events associated with the IoT is now this uh, internet outage. Um, and sort of, you know, makes you ask a few more questions about uh, the future of this kind of implementation when you're talking about smart cities, you're talking about smart buildings, um, you know, and, and, you know, what kinds of security concerns there are going to be. Dirk, you know, were you inconvenienced on, on Friday? Were you trying to get on Netflix or Twitter or something and unable to do so? I've got to be honest, I wasn't even aware of it. And I'm, I'm perpetually online, so I'm, I'm not sure why that is. But it either didn't hit me or it was so short that, uh, that, that it had no impact on me. Um, I mean, the first question, you know, in my mind is, uh, was Vladimir Putin behind it, John? Oh, no. no we're we're going to go down that <laughs> rabbit hole. Well, since everything will be... Kind of make our listeners laugh a little. Right? A, a, since everything will be blamed on Putin, uh, you know, any sort of Internet uh, uh, problem then we can safely say that that's probably what, what the case was. Yeah. Uh, but, but aside from that, I mean, you know, this is, this is a show about emerging technology, and we often, uh, at least I t tend to take a sunny side up uh, sort of view uh, about, you know, the great things that we'll be able to do. Yeah. But it seems to me that, like, as with a lot of technologies, you know, the, uh, uh, that the hacking community is, you know, uh, sort of, miles ahead at least right now they're they're the early adopters yeah. and uh um, criminals I mean, criminals always are right I mean, criminals drive security not security drives criminals yeah and it, it's interesting to me because you don't hear i mean 
I assume that there are lots of uh, smart traffic flow implementations that are benefiting me in the Boston area, you know, uh, things like that. But, uh, you know, I, I, I guess it's sort of the public nature. This is something that's almost like uh, it's not quite the equivalent of, of water or electricity, but you sort of take for granted that when you uh, type in your website address that, you know, unless you're on a bad connection, that you'll be able to get where you need to get. Um, and you're going to do business, your entertainment's online, et cetera. So it, in some ways, it's like a public utility being taken out for, for a few hours by, you know, a malicious Internet of Things implementation. No, I think it is. I mean, I don't think it's like. I think it is. I think, well, I mean, look, water, we would literally die without water. So let's put water aside. But um, electricity, like to me, would, would I rather have general electricity for other things or just be able to use the Internet? I'd probably pick the internet. So I, I think I think it gets lumped in. To me, it gets lumped in at that level. I think certainly for, or I'm 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 assuming for our listeners out there, for a lot of knowledge workers like myself. I mean, when I do have internet outages, I will tell you, um, it makes me feel like um, it makes me feel like a comedy character in a, a, a dystopian sci-fi show, which is for, which is to say, I'm there just like. Frustrated won't work. Start working. Start working. Start working. It's not like, you know, I go up and I'm like, okay, let me go and read some poetry now, right? I don't, I don't have like this normal, like flexible response. I'm just like this automaton. Like, I need you to start working again. I need you to start working again. I need you to start working again. Um, which, which always makes me feel a little bit self-aware, but it doesn't change my behavior. I, this might be apropos of nothing, but I think, uh, yeah, you know, the loss of the internet. Um, for I'll speak just for myself personally is is pretty pretty crucial at this point. Yeah, and I I guess for me you know the you know looking at it in, in that way and we've talked about uh, hacking uh, public utilities before. We we talked about the um, uh, Ukrainian power plant that uh, actually I think it might have been a nuclear power plant that was. Uh, um, you know, that was hacked. I mean, we've talked Putin about Putin again, John. Yeah, that Putin guy, he gets around, baby. So so we've talked about these utilities being being taken offline by hackers before. But this is this is now part of the conversation in, in a way that it was not, uh, say, like 24 months ago. Um, and and from, you know, from a design perspective, we're, we're talking about uh, also our interactions with these utilities, right? So so as a designer, one of the things that you're considering is how reliable your materials are. And if you've got, uh, you know, applications online, part of that experience is, you know, the always-on connection. That's what they sell you on, and you know, when you're buying SaaS software. You can access it anytime, any place. Yeah. You can get in. You can see your information. It's yeah. all safe. It's in the cloud. Yeah. So now we're introducing a level of, uh, you know, instability that I don't think, you know, has really been thought of for the past decade or so. Mm -hmm. It's been... Uh, sort of a foregone conclusion that you're going to have an always-on connection and it's going, you know, it's going to work. But, I mean, this is reminding me in some ways of the late 90s when engineering around, uh, uh, you know, online software anyway or websites, uh, whatever, like you, you built in this, this idea that, you know, that the service was not going to be reliable uh, all the time. Yeah. And that was just part of what you live with. And, and in part was why the internet was just, you know, not nearly as valuable, you know, 
uh, what you know at the very early stages, or at least the value was was different, right? Yeah. It, it didn't have that same public um, uh, overlay where everybody could access it. Yeah. So so in 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 some ways, I think we're introducing or or being introduced to a whole a whole another wave of factors. Uh, that includes instability with you know with with your online um, your online presence now. I, I don't think this can be ignored. I think I think this is sort of the you know the the first in in what is going to be replicated um, of these kinds of attacks. Yeah, I think that's right, and I think you know immunizing ourselves from them will require change. So. You mentioned always on, which is true, but it's more than just always on. It's always on and it's immediate, which is to say more than just being on. Whenever we want something, it just immediately appears. It's not like we make a request, the request goes away for a while, and then something comes back to us mm -hmm. when it's ready, right? It's just always ready. Right. And, you know, we talked about this before, but I think it's been a while, so I don't mind talking about it again a little bit. I mean, if you think about in the physical world, how do you protect against viruses? How do you protect against um diseases and you need a safe room you need to go in a place that's totally cut off from the bad environment and the good environment and you need to detox and then you need to take that detox into the good environment right um the internet it's always on it's always in and out and in and out and in and out there isn't that notion really of the safe room and the safe room is required i believe to make things truly safe to make things really, um, to have a chance even to make things um, bulletproof from hackers. And that would, by definition, require not immediacy in response. It would require things being, being held up, being taken into an environment where they could be, be scrubbed and cleaned and washed. And in a world of AI, you know, that, that starts to become more possible from a speed perspective. But, you know, maybe to solve it, there is a lag in, in our relationship between sending requests out and getting, you know, getting the, getting the information or getting the transaction back. Um, and that would be weird to deal with, right? Yeah. And, you know, when you think about the value of the services that, uh, that you consume online, I mean, one of those services certainly is entertainment and Netflix is, you know, the giant in that space. And, you know, people are, I mean, it's upending, you know, cable models and people talk about uh, cutting the cord all the time, right? So all of a sudden, if you're not able to, and, you know, Netflix was clearly not accessible to a lot of the East Coast for, for a chunk of Friday, um, and it, it loses some of its shine if you can't, you know, go and watch your, you know, show or whatever it is you want to do on, on Netflix, uh, when you want to do it, because it's attractive, because it's on demand, it's inexpensive, and you know you, you can you can sort of have it when you want it. Now, now acknowledging that this conversation is quickly going way above my pay grade, so I'm becoming <laughs> an ignoramus who's going to start saying stupid shit. But my 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 perception is that a service like Netflix could be relatively immune from that. Be, be, the virtue of it is, it's just it is streaming a chunk of information at you, right? So if you assume that all Netflix engineers are not corrupt, if you assume, there's, assume there isn't hacking going on inside the Netflix organization, they should be able to create a client that, that is protected, basically, 
to take data, simple data requests from us that aren't more, um, more sophisticated packets and then stream back this giant pipe of, you know, here's the hunt for Red October. To, to sure, uh, but I mean, I, you know, in in this particular example, because it was a DNS attack, you know, yeah. anybody who's going to Netflix.com is not getting there. Well, amen, amen, yeah. amen. On the, from a DNS perspective, I apologize. I'm I've sort of gone to more hacking. Yeah, you know, yeah. In, in no, a more, you're right. You're yeah, right. yeah. I mean that 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 would be a long term solution. Uh, I I th I think part of it is that that at, at least. From what I understand, most of the services are not architected that way right now to, to deal with this. I mean, yeah. this is maybe not a unique event, but I've certainly never heard of uh, an IoT botnet uh, bringing down a large chunk of the internet for people as you know as yet. This this was an an interesting and 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 new event, at least to me. And and uh, I'm not sure if it's unique, but it's certainly unusual. Mm -hmm. It's certainly unusual, and it may be unique in the scale and in the fact that it's hitting the United States as opposed to hitting a, a smaller, uh, less developed um, nation from the standpoint of sort of infra internet infrastructure and usage. Right. So, I mean, ultimately, we've 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 got to build in this this changing landscape, especially. Uh, when when we're considering uh, emerging technologies like the Internet of Things, which is really just starting to get traction, right? And 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 part of this is is all about the the trust level, right? So um, now you know I, I've all of a sudden starting to think about all the devices in your house that could be infected with malware, right? It's no longer just like okay, we got to make sure that your laptop or your your desktop computer, right? That, that that those things are scrubbed and clean, yeah. uh, and and virus free. Yeah. Like you, you could have, you know, your, uh, you know, any number of connected devices, whether it's related to entertainment or home automation or what have you. So, so I think it it sort of, at, at least for me, starts to introduce questions about what are we wiring up that's really close to us. Right. You know, physically, you know, in, in our environments. And how sure are we that that those those things that are getting uh, wired up are are safe or at least clean? Right. So so for me that that this is almost like the proof of concept. Right. The the security, the security hack that introduces, you know, a, a additional variability, at, at least, you know, from my perspective. Yeah, and I mean, we've talked a lot about embeddables in the past, and that's sort of the that's the end game, right? I mean, that's where these things can take the most most dire of turns. Right. Yeah, and and I'm sure that's that's fodder for another show. But yes, you you don't want um, uh, an IoT botnet that's made up of a bunch of people's pacemakers. That would seem uh, the the worst possible scenario. That might not be good, John. Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things that we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to thedigitallife.com, that's just one L in the digital life, and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody, so it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening, or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. You can find The Digital Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and Google Play. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. -T. And of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at GoInvo.com, 
That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk? You can follow me on Twitter at D-Niemeyer. That's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R. And thank you so much for listening. So that's it for episode 179 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>